Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know me because I said, brother, if you only knew, you'd wish you were in my shoes. You just keep on using me until you use me up. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics. And that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Oh, hell yeah, everyone. Welcome to the show. Recording this week at my bunker. Of course, things stay different now. Comic book store is still closed. Comic distributors are still shut down. Uh, we're still all under quarantine. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to just keep this thing moving. And we're going to do some uh, some older stories this week. I'm, I'm very much excited to discuss with you. Uh, as always, you start by reading the thickness of my stack. Oh, yeah. Mike's Bickometer. So there's there's a few stories here, uh, and just basic based on on the amount of stuff that's here, man, baby, these things thick. I'm gonna go eight out of ten. That thickness is high on Mike's Bickometer. Uh, I look forward to it. All right, so we're gonna start with uh, a couple of titles that I was reading on the DC Universe. We'll start with Green Lanterns. Uh, no. Yeah, Green Lantern, Emerald Knights. Uh, it's issues 100 through 106 of Volume 3. Um, it's a seven-part story. Uh, it was published back in the 90s while Kyle Rayner was still the, the primary Green Lantern. Uh, and we got him to team up with a pre-parallax Hal Jordan because time travel. Uh, I really enjoyed the story. It, it's, it was very fun for me. I give it a four out of five uh, right off the bat. Kyle is just so... He, he's grown into the Green Lantern uh, mantle so much at this point. Uh, and then just getting the the guy who's known for being Green Lantern up front is crazy. And he doesn't know how he's going to measure up. It's very it's a very fun read. It, it centers mostly on Hal. Uh, he, he goes and shows Hal uh, Coast City, the fact that Coast City was destroyed. And he explains to him about Parallax. And how he became a bad guy and basically had a mental breakdown. Uh, and then when they were all really in trouble and the sun went out, how Hal sacrificed himself to go ahead and reignite the sun, being the the most heroic version of himself that he could be. And, and Kyle gives him some space, lets him blow some steam. He goes and saves somebody, and then comes back and talks to Kyle. They talk it out. Uh, they get to, and then, then you know uh, they go back to the bar. Um, uh, where Guy Gardner has a bunch of Green Lantern memorabilia, and they are they're just in shock at seeing Hal and a young Hal at that. Like he had no gray around his temples. Uh, so John Stewart's there, Guy Gardner's there, Alan Scott's there, and they're all just like, "What is going on here?" Uh, and they, you know, they figure it out and they go, "Well, you know, we live a we lead a crazy lifestyle. We make constructs of light of green light with these rings." We can deal with you know an old <laughs> in a pre pre present day Hal, even though Hal's technically dead at this point. Uh, he goes out and sees Carol. He he she kisses him and they have at where he is in their timeline. They're not there yet. They're not having a relationship. He's like whoa, uh, <laughs> and it's really fun because uh, they're they're out in an airstrip and he gets into a fight. And that's really fun. And then Hal goes back and teams up with Kyle. Uh, and wound up sending uh, Hal back to his present day, our like their present past, and um, 
the Guardians end up sending uh, Hal back to his past and uh, wipe his memory, basically, of everything that happened, but leaving Kyle with his. So it was basically a huge learning experience for him. I just really enjoyed the way the story played out. It, it gave you that classic Hal Jordan that we haven't had in a very, very long time at this point. Um, it's just an enjoyable read all the way through. Uh, it's it's nice to see that like rookie Hal Jordan, because we don't get to see that for very long. You know, he's he's not always he's he's very often a a very cocksure, um, almost brash version of the Green Lantern. He's headstrong, but he's he's generally right in being that way, uh, knowing that he's been the greatest Green Lantern of all time. But this is a Green Lantern who has only been doing this thing for a couple of months. Uh, it's a very fun man out of time type story. Uh, moving on to Trinity number, uh, the story Trinity, also on the DC Universe app. Uh, it's issues number numbers one through three. They're they're a little bit longer issues. They're not quite the twenty six page or whatever it uh, the standard has become story. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's it's just basically a retelling of how Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman began their relationship. There's lots of tiny little Easter eggs and cameos as the as the series develops but it it really focuses on on superman and and batman at first and then wonder woman in like uh, the last issue maybe more than anything uh and there's (laughs) there is certainly some rockiness uh to to the introduction of wonder woman to the superman and batman dynamic because those two already know each other uh bruce is very terse with Superman just in general and Superman's like all right that's fine uh and you know he's Batman's Batman he's he's bossy uh he, he's driven by his intense set of justice and his particular way of doing things uh but uh that really doesn't fly with Wonder Woman and that really shows in one uh, in one set of panels where she lends him the lasso of truth gets the truth out of this henchman and then knocks him the fuck out, and it's awesome. And uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman uh, is not happy about that. She's like, dude, he told you the truth. You didn't have to break his jaw. And he was like, I'll do justice my way. <laughs> Basically, she's like, all right, well, don't do it again in front of me because I'll, I'll kill you. <laughs> not kill, but uh, she said she'll basically correct the issue. Superman takes some time and lets her know, hey, look, he doesn't have powers like you and me. He's one of the most valiant brave people i've ever met in my entire life which is i mean his methods may be a little difficult but uh, he uh he's still his heart's in the right place and he will fight for for those uh like him that are just common people oh when she starts to come around uh she goes off the themiscara uh to uh see her family and uh <laughs> batman and superman follow and uh, superman can resist the charms of themiscara but uh, Batman cannot, and he sees a nude Wonder Woman just be- basically being covered by this sheer towel, I guess, getting out of the spring cl- after after cleaning herself, because Island of Amazons, why not? And he runs up to her, and he kisses her, and she's not having it, and she, she clobbers him right in the head. And uh, he, he admits, at least to himself, that had, he not, had his survival skills not kicked in, he would have died on the spot. Uh, so... Uh, there's a couple of villains in here, but it's mainly uh, Rachel Ghoul, uh, Bizarro, and there's not really uh, 
there, there's like an Amazon in there, but I can't remember her name, and she wasn't really all that important to the majority of the story. All that's important about her is she was rejected. She was on a, like an, an Amazon reject island uh, that was, you know, in in the realm of man, and she thought she belonged, which caused her to team up with Raish. Uh, and then she deserts Raish, and she turns on him, and uh, then hangs out them Scara. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, I gave this book a three and a half out of five. Uh, it was fun to read. Uh, I like the different telling, the art. I I, I generally enjoyed. Uh, if you follow us on Instagram, I posted some pictures there. For some reason, man, sometimes people just can't nail Wonder Woman's faces. Uh, and there's like one like derpy Wonder Woman. And then there's one where it looks like she's just super constipated. And I kind of feel bad for her. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, additionally, uh, you know, it was it it was from 2003. So it's it's a little bit more difficult to judge it. Uh, and, you know, art is very difficult to do. So when, whenever there's those inconsistencies, I only make fun of them because they're funny. I'm not trashing the artist at all. Okay, uh, so that's it for DC for this week. Then I'll move over to Marvel titles. All right, so I'll start with another 2003 book, Runaways, the Complete Collection, Volume 1. Uh, this is issues 1 through 18, and the the basis of of this whole thing is that a uh, a ser- uh, six teens basically figure out that their parents are secretly villains uh, in this group called the Pride, and they grow together and run away from home. Hence the term uh, runaways. Uh, so there's six six main characters here that we're going to follow. Um, there's Alex, there's Nico, there's Chase, there's Carolina, there's Gertrude, and Molly. Um, and, and they all have different ranges of abilities. Alex is just very smart. Nico has magic. Chase is good with, um, uh, I would say, technology, but not re- he's not very smart. Uh, Carolina is an alien that can fly and has light-based powers. Uh, Gertrude has a psychic connection with a raptor, which is awesome. And Molly, who, um, she's a, I believe she's a mutant. And has super strength, but she also gets incredible exhaustion directly after using her strength. So it's it's prudent for her to take her time there. So there's a lot of t- uh, stuff up front with around the kids getting together. They really don't want to. They're kind of tired of it. They've grown out of it. And at the end of issue one, um, they witness their parents murder a girl. And that sets everything into motion. And they're like, okay, well, what do we do? is try and start talking their way around it. Obviously, have no idea why their parents would do such a thing. Um, so they all like decide, okay, we need to try and find some answers. And they all look for ways to find answers and go through stuff of their parents at their parents' homes under the cover of night. Um, and then decide, all right, screw it, we're gone, uh, and run away. And then the adventures really start to get crazy. They, they figure out... Many of them have abilities or intelligence or whatever, and try and do a little bit of crime fighting. Uh, they, f- they discover the raptor, which is great, and that Molly Molly has that strength that she has. And meanwhile, their parents are trying to hunt them down. They get a cave. They meet up with this kid named Topher. Uh, he's he turns out to not be a good guy, even though he hooks up with Nico as well, uh, causing some jealousy from Alex. Uh, he's not very happy about that. Uh, 
especially since their relationship is really just starting to to come together. Uh, they find out that Topher, oh, Topher hooks up also with Carolina, which causes Carolina and Nico to fight. They find out that Topher's basically a vampire. Uh, yay! Uh, so they fight him off. Uh, there's Then there's a, an issue in here with Cloak and Dagger, which is fun. A little bit of that Marvel connectivity. Uh, and then they really start the process of confronting their parents. Um, so it, it, it's revealed uh, about midway through the graphic novel that there is a mole, and they don't know who it is. And they've been trying to figure it out, figure it out. Um, so they go, they move forward, they develop a plan to go ahead and confront their parents. They they go and do that, and as soon as they confront their parents, there's a turn, and the traitor is revealed, and it turns out to be Alex, uh, who you know has been with you the entire time. Um, he's been set up to be the main character here, and uh, you know he. He turns and says, you know, he's basically trying to do it for his parents. He's saying, you know, he's he's fully responsible. He's trying to prove his responsibility to his parents. And in the process, uh, it gets revealed that the parents are doing this for an alien being. And that alien being winds up killing Alex. Uh, and the team scatters. Um, get a little Captain America in here as well, which is kind of fun. Uh, and they decide to get together and, you know, keep running. Um, and it's a, it's a really strong first um series here i really want to read the rest but it is almost impossible to find and track down uh and if you find it it's very expensive uh so uh i would i would highly recommend it i give it a four out of five um it's just such a good book and the art is is very unique to that book i haven't seen that very many other places all right, and then the final Marvel book we'll get here is uh, Silver Surfer Volume 5, which uh, encompasses the 2016 series, number 7 through 14, the end of Dan Slott's run. Uh, this book is called A Power Greater Than Cosmic. Um, this is the end of Dan Slott's uh, run with uh, the Silver Surfer Norrin Rad and Don Greenwood. Um, to say that this book is nothing short of, of emotional what would be an absolute lie. And the beginning starts out, really fun um just a bunch of silliness um but then towards the end it becomes a little bit more heart-wrenching um and, and tough to read because you've become so attached to the characters here and it maintains this, this beautiful like almost cartoonish uh art style throughout uh so the first issue here um you know you see the surfers basically uh, babying Dawn, taking her to places that are absolutely safe because he basically pledged to himself to keep her from being in dangerous situations. And then she realizes what's going on and forces him to take her somewhere dangerous where they go to a casino where they uh, they bet a bunch of stuff. A lot of stuff. Uh, and it comes down to <laughs> the Silver Surfer in a, a very high-stakes game of poker, I believe it is. Um, and... He, he goes and plays, uh, Silver Surfer goes and plays against the Grandmaster. And uh, <laughs> so he's he's lost several things as time has gone on here. He's no longer silver. He is gold. Uh, he's lost the ability to say the letter B, which is very funny and random. <laughs> uh, but in this high-stakes game of poker, he wagers his power cosmic. Uh <laughs> And uh, the the Grandmaster 
uh, says, yeah, I'll throw in your bees. Uh, you can say B again. Uh, but then the surfer goes, all right, well, we'll, I was like, I don't even have anything to wager. It's fine. You can ask anything. And uh, Silver Surfer goes, games, you can't play any games ever again. Uh, the Grandmaster folds, and they're on their way. Uh, the next issue is basically them uh, in the in the, bell, in the mouth rather of a, uh, of a giant space whale. They make a bunch of bunch of sp- uh, bedtime stories, uh, a lot of which centering around this character called Tiny Harold, which is delightful. Um, and the stories are great. I mean, they're they're not real, uh, but they they use it to color some of their previous adventures. Um, and they they put these viruses and antibodies and uh, the whale to sleep. It's it's a phenomenal read. Uh, then uh, they end up on this hard light planet uh, where everybody is a hologram. And uh, <laughs> that becomes important later. So uh, they actually make a copy of Dawn, and uh, then they move on uh, after getting the real Dawn back. And they come across Galactus, the bringer of life. Uh, he's no longer purple; he is now gold. Um, and they understand that it's like, hey, all right. Well, a lot of this is the fact uh, from um, a lot of the stuff that they're they're realizing that he Galactus needs. Uh, is to take these two uh, pieces to separate sides of the universe uh, so that way the life cycle can start anew. Uh, these two items are suspected to be uh, the cause of the big, big bang and they've uh, they've been kind of coming together. Uh, they get separated and they realize there's no way they can ever be together and eternity then takes his two fingers where each John and Norrin are and places them together and, and gives them that moment together which is awesome then we get a quick look back on earth dawn realizes um that her sister needs to uh it's it's like oh her sister should be going to labor soon and back on earth her sister is going into labor um and the silver surfer and dawn are delayed by a bunch of fights um they're they're doing their best but you know they they've find ways around it and try and escape it but it doesn't happen they finally get back to earth and uh eve's baby has been born and they're so happy and then they realize that the dad is missing and then eve has to tell both norin and and dawn that their her their dad is gone um the next issue kind of jumps around um time wise so you see Dawn dealing with the immediate aftermath of being told that her, her father's gone, and then time with her on Euphoria, which takes time to ease a little bit of the the grieving pain. Um, then, as she starts to get better, you know, uh, Euphoria starts to say, "Hey, I should go to her as her dad." And Norn Rad gets into a fight with Euphoria about how how crazy everything has been. Uh, and he takes down, he doesn't take down, he stops Euphoria from changing into Dawn's dad, and uh, then they, they go back off into space, and then here's where it starts to go really downhill. Uh, so Dawn and um, Norrin get sucked into a black hole, and it, and it touches on something else uh, back way back in like the first... Um, I think it's the first volume of the series that Dan Slott wrote. Uh, it's a, it's a incredibly cool comic where uh, they pass each other in in a black hole, 
so the the origins of that are basically revealed. Uh, Norin and and Dawn uh, slip through this black hole to another another space, um, another universe, essentially before the our big bang happened, and they come across Gallen, the the human sized Galactus. Uh, before he becomes Galactus, and they disappear, and they they decide to live their lives, and they do, and Dawn uh, enjoys herself, and she grows old, and um, Norin is there with her, and she realizes, hey, I know you've been making yourself older to grow to grow with me. You can stop pretending now, and uh, she dies, and uh, it's really sad. But uh, but then they realize, okay. Well, not they. Norton realizes that Galactus is about to go cause the Big Bang, and he follows uh, along. And this last issue is basically Norton explaining what happened to uh, Dawn's family and how he's revealed himself because he has been basically in their lives uh, as this guy, Norville Rapport, for, for years for years upon years, and he keeps showing up and t- until this point in time. Um, and then he re- finally re- emerges as the surfer. Um, and once he does that, you know, he's he's already been through the Big Bang. And he goes back and tells the this, this story to the Hardlight Dawn that still exists and leaves a Hardlight version of Norn Rad with her so that they can live together. Uh, which is very sweet. And as he leaves the hard light dawn, uh, he doesn't he realize he doesn't reveal everything. Uh, he he makes it so that across all all cultures, uh, they call the rising of the sun dawn, uh, which is a very very beautiful sentiment. And he changed his his powers from like a, a blue and black to red and black to honor honor dawn, which is very sweet. Um, and it's just really. It's a beautiful book. It's very sad, uh, but also very satisfying uh, at the end. Um, I don't know that we'll really get a book like this again. I don't. Uh, it's just absolutely beautiful to read. Beautiful to look at. I give it four and a half out of five. I, I just loved every moment of it. All right, so wrapping up the show, it will become interactive a lot moving forward. I'll pick some stories here and there, uh, but uh, for the next show... I have a poll up for what stories you guys want me to cover. Uh, the first four will be from DC. Uh, two of these I'll cover. Uh, the DC's Kingdom Come, The Lazarus Contract, Court of Owls, and Identity, Identity Crisis. From Marvel, we'll get AVX, or Avengers vs. X-Men, The Kree Scroll War, a big Avengers cosmic epic, Ends of the Earth, uh, a Spider-Man story, and Civil War, which I'm sure we all know is the inspiration for the Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Uh, so, voting is live. It should wrap uh, Monday, April 13th. Uh, if you're listening to this afterwards, I apologize. Um, but we'll do two of each of those stories. So that's all we have time for this week. Of course, make sure you subscribe to the Twisted Cape on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, that's where you'll find this show, this feed. Uh, we are at the Twisted Cape, no spaces on every social media platform uh, Facebook, the Grand, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, shoot us an email, just send some feedback on the show at thetwistedcape at gmail.com, and use the subject line MTS. We'll be keeping an eye out for that. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe, stay twisted. Fix that.